Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, again, another interesting week in real estate. In fact, the amount of articles that are being written in real estate nowadays is almost doubling, but we're not talking about the hot market. We're actually talking about the adjusting market and what direction it's going. How about some of these things, you know, day of reckoning looms for Canada's consumer. How about housing slowdown? New condo sales are booming in Toronto. Soaring prices draw an influx of real estate agents. BC foreign buyers tax and other measures under review. Canadian realtors brace for the end of the boom of the housing market. And what, of course, I'm going to be talking with a gentleman from RICO. He is Mr. Kelvin Cousy. He is going to be joining me in a little while. He is the deputy registrar from Real Estate Council of Ontario. Here's one for you. Ontario Real Estate Association pledges to watch the watchdog. I'm going to have him join me for uh, the better part of the show today, folks. And um, we're going to give you some clarity because a few things that I'd like everybody to really grasp is when you you utilizing contracts and agents about what you're signing. And um, Mr. Cousy has been on with us uh, previously on the show a few months ago. Market was hot. Everybody's complaining about multiple offers, misrepresentation, things like that. And um, so he's coming back as a returning guest because a couple of things that you need to know about what you're signing, you know, buyer agency agreements. Who is it that is representing you for how long and where? You know, this is information that's so important that you must know it whenever you're entering into a real estate contract as well. How about when you're listing, you know, can, uh, can the agent just out of nowhere decide that when they sell the home to advertise your price, did you agree to that? Well, we're going to get all the facts and more a little bit later on in the hour, but let me backtrack a little and let's talk about the marketplace. How about some of the numbers that have been popping out this week, July. So volume. So you know how I always talk about volume, meaning the number of properties sell. We don't talk about price out of the gate. We always talk about volume. Well, month is from year over year. So July 2016 to July 2017, the market has fallen 40%. So the number of properties that have sold. Now, a lot of you are saying, great, the sky is falling. It's finally happening. This is where I keep talking about a normalized market. In other words, we're in the summer market. Folks, don't start selling the farm yet because the truth is, I think we need to talk about the market come November, December, January, you know, February, March next year is going to be the real test of what's going on with this marketplace. So what we've seen though is the fact that the prices have remained about 5% up year over year. So if everybody remembers the big run up that we had this March 2017, the prices were, you know, year over year up 30% in most marketplaces. Since then, we've watched the market decline. So in other words, we hit our peak number. Now it's coming back. It's becoming a little bit more normal. What if the prices stayed the same for the rest of the year and let's say it was 5%, that would be deemed a normal market. But right now, everybody's worried about what if I bought January, February, March of this year, what's gonna happen to me? We won't know yet, but there's a lot of things, a lot of factors that are gonna play into this and we're gonna wait and see how everything does does happen. But if you take an average right now, March, the peak of March, if you take the average Toronto detached home that almost hit $1.5 million, 
you're sitting at about 1.3 right now. So $200,000 change in that time frame. So that's a big change for a lot of people that bought in the last couple of months. They may be feeling and hurting a little bit with this basic number of changes. Now, as I mentioned, one of the things that we've uh, we've been focusing on, of course, uh, and and we like to focus on is realtors. And for those of you out there who listen to the show, you know I'm a big, big fan of professionals, full-time professionals. You do it right, and I commend all of you. You know, having having years of experience with all of you, uh, I can tell you there are some amazing realtors out there. But the people that normally take my my comments to heart are the people that know that really not realtors. They do something else. They do it part-time. They don't really know the business, but they're in there for a quick buck. Well, guess what, folks? The gravy train is about to stop because when the market like this starts to slow down, the people that are going to be successful are the ones that are investing time and money and are the full-time people doing this. So for our listeners' sake, if you're going to turn around and you're in the position in the next six to 12 months that you need to do a real estate transaction, make sure you're using somebody that is going to still be in the business over the next few months. And again, I'm not slighting any of the professionals. So none of you should be offended unless, of course, you don't think you are professional. Now, I did mention about the Ontario Real Estate Association pledging to be the watchdog of the watchdogs. So the Real Estate Council of Ontario technically are uh, what I would deem to be the police of realtors. In other words, they're the ones always watching the market, uh, making sure that realtors are behaving correctly. You know, uh, the public can uh, do a formal complaint to them if they feel that there's something wrong. They do investigate and they will do, you know, take a look at any kind of judgment that is required. Now, the Ontario Real Estate Association um, is uh, the basic um, association for all realtors in Ontario, about 80,000 strong. And so it is an associ association. So you pay a membership due. And so they are now stepping up and they are saying that there needs to be stronger penalties uh, against realtors who go offside. And so now what they're doing is they're now promising and committing themselves to policing RICO, uh, making sure that the government body is going to be watching realtors properly. There's a lot of questions around this scenario. Um, you know, why all of a sudden is ARIA doing it? Well, ARIA did actually lose the educational contract um, and they've been the providers of education for, for realtors for years and now it's going to be changing hands in the next few years. And so some people are saying and making accusations that that is the situation. When Tim Hudak was pressed on this one, he said, uh, "No, that's not it." Um, Tim uh, became the CEO of, Re of sorry, of Aria uh, back in the fall of 2016, and uh, he's uh, a guest, as you know, regularly here on Simply Real Estate, and we always love having him. And you know, he answered it very, uh, very honestly, and just said, "Look, you know what? We've we've watched. We've seen there is a concern to the public. We see there's a concern uh, with some of the realtors that are practicing out there, and perhaps some rules need to be changed." So I would say that I hope uh, people's interpretation of this is correct. Um, you know, I don't think it's sour grapes on Aria's, on Aria's side, but at the same time, you know what, maybe this could have been uh, put into place uh, a few years ago, just before the run-up, because I think there's a lot of people that had some complaints on what happened in the last 18 months. And we'll wait and see how everything plays out. You know, folks, even though these headlines, you know, they make daily news, nothing happens immediately. Now, speaking of immediately, one of the things that I found interesting 
was, of course, the BC foreign buyers tax and other measures are coming under review under the new minister there. So the new housing minister, um, uh, Selena Robinson, uh, she's the new housing minister, and they're going to start reviewing it. So they're not sure that that knee-jerk reaction that they did about this time last year did what it was supposed to do and on top of that should be left in place so they're actually reviewing the fact that they may have to alter it or scrap it altogether. Now also in BC, just so everybody's aware, when they tried to open up the the ability for people to buy their first home, they actually were giving people a a 5% of the actual purchase price as an interest-free loan for five years. So if you qualified, so let's say you're buying a million dollar property, the government was actually giving you $50,000 interest-free for five years uh, if you could qualify. And it's interesting that they would do this and they're not sure that that even had its uh, effect that they were hoping to and again everybody keeps saying just you need more inventory you mean need more inventory same comment here in Ontario and of course with the new condo sales booming in Toronto you know what we still have an inventory shortage so what's going to happen well you know what this is a provincial government they may have to take a harder look at it in when the new government comes in next year I'm hoping that they take all of this matter seriously instead of just being a dictator and they actually make some solutions here because again I think that there is an inventory problem and uh, I think that a part of the problem is is that we can't get people into some decent affordable properties and yes everybody's going yeah but hey Todd you just watch the market run up and you know there is nothing affordable there can can be and now we're watching the market go down so where is it going to plateau i guess we're going to find that out one of the things that we do find though is the luxury homes the ones that are over three million dollars that market is staying pretty strong and not surprising because again a lot of the people the professionals are moving up and it's not the biggest part of the market but it is seems to be doing you know pretty good so right now we're going to watch that market as well lots of markets to be uh, to be cautious of and again, when we take a look on the outer markets, the 905 area, well, that area is 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 actually fallen off in the March timeframe as well, just like Toronto, almost the same amount. And so, you know, the properties that were sitting at about 1.1, 1.2 million, now average price is sitting around that 900, $950,000 mark. So again, that's interesting on, on what's going to happen with the marketplace. As I said, uh, my my guest coming up is, uh, is Kelvin Cousy. He is the deputy registrar from RICO. And uh, one of the reasons why I think it's so important for everybody to understand where they can reach out is that um, if you feel that during a transaction something has gone awry or you know, you're not sure, at least go to the website. You can make an inquiry and maybe get a, a bit of a take. But where one of the issues that people have, and just so you know, a common complaint, and you're going to find out uh, shortly, is the fact that people said, I didn't realize what I signed. Folks, that's a dead giveaway that if you don't read it and you sign it, it's almost at that point, nothing that can be done. And of course, we don't want any misleading uh, information out there. So like I say, make sure you go to Rico and you can look into it. And um, when we come back, we've got Mr. Kelvin Cousy joining me. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. 
And welcome back. As I had uh, said just before we went to break, um, I thought it was very important for us to have a return guest, and it is Mr. Kelvin Cousy. He is Deputy Registrar of Regulatory Compliance at the Real Estate Council of Ontario, or you would know it as RICO. And uh, Kelvin, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Todd. Great to see you again. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, you and I, um, it was kind of funny. Last time we had a little bit of a, little bit of a glitch in our system and you know you and I talking a lot about Rico what it is talking about contracts you know and there's so much that's gone on actually in the news over the last Absolutely. couple of months it, it, it's incredible so just to start how about we reintroduce what Rico is to our listeners absolutely Rico is a arm of the government essentially work what's called a DAA a designated administrative authority and we represent consumers and protect their interests in real estate trading in Ontario and part of our mandate is to encourage people to work with registered real estate professionals and to also provide education and uh, an insurance program for those professionals and so we have pillars of consumer interest that we have a mandate of carrying forth yeah excellent um, so that's the the politically correct answer <laughs> um, so if we talk about Rico you know as as real estate professionals a lot of people know that you are I would call you somewhat the police the people that are watching over to make sure people People are following the correct rules so there's a lot more to it than that and uh, you and I are gonna have a lot of fun so folks if you're just tuning in um, today we're going to get down to a lot of the nitty-gritty of what you should know when uh, you know entering into a real estate transaction first and foremost yes. you know if you and I just step backwards a little bit okay. um, you know a lot of what you and I had a conversation last time you were with me was the fact that you know education is so important and people have to understand understand first and foremost what they're signing so absolutely so let's 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 talk about there's two parts of a transaction obviously there's mm -hmm. the buyer and the seller and you know we've had just an absolute crazy marketplace that is now starting to switch I, I, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit later about what people can see in that marketplace but how about let's talk about your typical buyer okay okay um, buyers who turn around and let's say they're working with a realtor yes a lot of times realtors are gonna whip out this this contract that states that they are going to be represented by that realtor. You know, they call it a buyer agency or, you know, a buyer agreement contract. Yeah, BRA is oftentimes the acronym yeah. you see. Yeah. So, so can you take us through what that should represent and, and what people have to understand about it? Well, fundamentally, uh, a buyer representation agreement is exactly what you're talking about, where there is an agreement between a consumer and that particular representative that they will represent them in the fiduciary relationship of agency. Uh, as their agent for the purchase of a property and the keys to that are you know it's completely permissible to do we encourage to do there's there's obligations in fact under the code of ethics uh, for the brokerage to at least paper that type of arrangement and present it to the consumer to sign but there's no obligation on the consumer to sign it and the idea being that I'm hiring Todd Slater to represent me in a trade and this is the geographic scope of where I want to look and this is the time limit of what I I want to look and there's also contractual obligations of commission being paid in in event of certain circumstances and this gets into a fair amount of granular detail yeah and, and you know when you when you bring that to the 
that I'm not going to call it a, a seven or eight letter word there, uh, commissions. One of the interesting things is that these these actual agreements have different levels where people can turn around and say they're being compensated from the listing brokerage because yes. that is actually what is in the listing data agreement that people are being shown. You know, uh, you always hear numbers, you know, everybody thinks that 5%, well, it's cut in half, 2.5%, and they'll say 2.5% to a cooperating broker. So a buyer uh, agent is a cooperating broker. And yes. so when they offer 2.5%, but in the actual agreement, it can be stated that they're not accepting 2.5, that there can be also further commissions. And there's a lot of things that people, I think, you know, they, they kind of skim past this. And, you know, you and I've had this conversation previously that said, look, you've got to read absolutely what you're signing. I yeah. mean, you are a, technically you're a lawyer by trade. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so, you know, reading agreements, I think, is very important. Well, fun, you know, as I said last time, and nobody likes to read these. And, and as being a lawyer, even even I sometimes, when you even when you're on a website or something, and it's you know, you click, click to agree, you just yeah, rush yeah, to, yeah, and exactly. you click, I accept, yeah, and you don't down. even know what you're accepting. And sure. it's fundamental to take a time to say, okay, hold on a second, what am I getting myself into here? Because a lot of the complaints we receive are people are saying, I didn't realize what I was agreeing to. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, and then you get the, the misfeasance or the malfeasance from there about, well, they changed this, they changed that. And the, the fundamental thing, of, you know, we're and I heard this term recently, which I found was a bit interesting to say, we're not living in a nanny state where you, you, ha- <laughs> you have to, you have to seize your own independence and say, hold on a second, Todd. Sure. I know, I know you want me to sign this. I need to step away from it for a few minutes and take a look at it and make sure I understand what I'm signing. And, and a good agent is going to tell you, oh, no problem. And if, if you have questions, I'll, I'll try to explain them to you. And if, if I can't answer them, I'll find somebody who can, or I'll refer you to somebody, or you can find somebody on your own who can answer these questions before you and, and enter into kind of, any kind of binding agreement. Because a lot of the inquiries we get, I didn't recognize that I was bound to Todd Slater um, for a year for or this six year and, or, or, or whatever the case may yeah, be. I didn't yeah. realize I was obligated to it because they just sort of passed it over in a large pile of papers. Yeah. And, and you know, just just as a, as a quick reference, you know, some of the things that people have to understand is that first and foremost, when uh, when you're you know buying a property, there is a timeline that, you know, all these contracts have. So you have to keep this in mind that agents could turn around and ask for one day one week, you know, 60 days. Normally they try pushing the 60 day uh, is kind of like the average of what people will do. But then you can go six months, one year. Um, normally if you're past 180 days, you then have to turn around and sign an acknowledgement that you're assigning, you know, uh, exactly. something for and over, some over a period of time. And, and, right? and, and requirements to, to say like, we you need your We acknowledge, yeah, we, we acknowledge that it's going this, further yeah, than this. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and the fact is there also is the geographical aspect of things. Yes. And that's the one that, that that's the one I think people don't quite realize. You know, if let's say you decide to switch towns, you know, here you're you're, you're buying in Etobicoke, and then all of a sudden you decide, well, I'm going to look in Oakville, and but you want to use an agent in Oakville. Yeah, moving all, on up. You got it. So if somebody turns around and says geographical GTA, you know, Golden Horseshoe, you know, Ontario, um, you know, you're tied to it. And so I, I would imagine that's a lot where you get a lot of your complaints. Absolutely. And uh, one one of the things that that's always a bit of a head scratcher for us from a compliance perspective is, well, why did you agree to? southwestern Ontario when you were only looking to buy in Brampton or a specific area in Brampton, but actually you were only looking to try to uh, get this BRA for Todd for this particular property in Brampton. 
and uh, and and oftentimes it's an it's an uncomfortable conversation with that complainant because they say uh, I, I didn't really recognize that because I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, excellent. Listen, Kevin, stay put. Um, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I definitely uh, there's so much for you and I to talk about. Unfortunately, you're going to be here uh, for the rest of the show, so I appreciate that, folks. When we come back, more with Mr. Kelvin Cousy. He is the deputy registrar at the Real Estate Council of Ontario. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest this hour is Mr. Kelvin Cousy. You might remember the name. He is deputy registrar at RICO. I had him on a few months ago when the the market was all sorts of hot and bothered, Kelvin. And when you and I were talking about it, you know, a lot of the things that were being brought up, of course, were things like multiple offers and all sorts of stuff going on. You know, just before the break, you and I were talking about people reading contracts. <laughs> Always a popular topic. Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. You know, uh, and and fortunately, you know, you are you are a, a lawyer by trade. You've been obviously, you know, quite involved in, in contractual law for for years, and you have the ability to look at things as well. Yeah, and in, in it's it's a fundamental aspect of any kind of uh, relationship that you create through any kind of documentation. And the key is always understand what you're signing, understand what you're being asked to agree to, and discuss those terms so you understand every aspect of it in advance of putting your name to paper. Yeah. So let's 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 fast forward a little. Um, we're going to we're going to talk about multiple offers. Okay? okay. So so far, you know, we've got the idea that you know buyers. By the way, read your agreement that you're signing with somebody, so you're not stuck with this person for the rest of your life and and being able to buy all over the world. But most importantly, <laughs> I, it, it's true because you know I I, I have seen geographic some, scope of the BRA uh, is the galaxy. Uh, yes. <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> so, so one of, one of the things, though, um, obviously, a hot topic. You know, we're we're, we're watching the market pull back now. Obviously, yes. you know, the, the the cooling of the GTA market. Of course, um, I'm not going to bring up Miss Wynn very often. Uh, of course, you know, I, I called it the 16 gauge shotgun approach. Ouch. Um, you know, and and you know, there was a few few pellets flying in all sorts of directions. You know, everybody will make the decision. I think in the next six months of where the market is going to end up. You know, was it is it going to just be a slowing? Is it going to pick up? Rico doesn't really. Uh, they're not concerned about the actual market per se. In other words, if houses go up in value, it has no bearing with the Real Estate Council of Ontario technically, because yeah. it's just that's a natural appreciation of a market. We all appreciate a Miss Wynn, natural appreciation and depreciation of any marketplace. But that said, when we talk about, you know, marketplaces, when they heat up, yes, you know, we see things that can go awry very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that you and I did uh, allude to earlier, when we talk about multiple offers, of course, is the fact that, you know, there is some precarious positions that some realtors will take. And unfortunately, multiple offers may not be represented correctly. How do people who feel that they were wronged or want to pull something out and say, was this actually presented? Is there, you know, it, it, does RICO mandate how offers should be presented first Absolutely. and foremost? Absolutely. The code of ethics that all realtors that are registered with us are obliged to follow. And we, we are quite positive that the vast, vast majority of uh, people who trade professionally in real estate know what their obligations are or they find out what they are and they comply with, with 
consistency all across the board. And so these are a very small group of people who sometimes they make errors in what they have to do, and sometimes they they go the wrong way. Sure. And so fundamentally, with any kind of multiplicity of offers or or representation, anything like that, the fundamental takeaway is you got to disclose. You, everybody has to understand who's involved in the trade exactly what's going on. So if you have an offer uh, to buy and you're also the listing agent, but I'm competing with that, I need to know that you have your own offer to buy. Okay, so now you're you're, you're actually talking about the biggest S storm that it really hits the marketplace <laughs> is that when the listing agent's in a multiple representation, he's got his own offer. Um, what I'm going to do is let, let's 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 not go down that road yet because that is that is that one that is just almost impossible for anybody to manage correctly. That is probably the hardest one from an ethical standpoint. When agents, let's say an agent doesn't have his own author, but he's got offers, you know, coming to him, and he's got agents that are saying, you know, hey, Calvin, you know, what do you think it's going to take? You know, we're buddies. You know. Listen, there's lots of reports of it. You yes. know, people people are guiding people and yes. how how does the public feel assured that the offer that they're putting forth actually has an opportunity and is not getting backdoored by somebody else? Well, the first thing is obviously in the representation. You got to you got to hire somebody as your agent who you're confident in who's going to represent your best interests. And as you well know, uh, sometimes the offer presentation there's it's at the discretion of the seller. They may not want to see you uh, as a buyer rep. They may want to have me as their selling rep present all those offers. And oftentimes that leads to a lot of uh, a lot of head scratching from buyers. And what we can do at RICO is if you do have any concern with regards to that, file a complaint with us. Uh, you can contact us online at rico.on.ca and there's a complaint form you can fill out. We have a team of people who are very skilled and very conscientious to look into that. And if you have real concerns, put them down on paper and we'll take a look at it. And we'll, if we find that there's misconduct, we'll take those people to task. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, no, and that's good. And, and, and you and I are going to talk about uh, tasks coming up. <laughs> the um, one of the one of the problems uh, through the last I would say eighteen months and and as I said it's cooling off a little was the double ending okay the big, yeah. so representing both buyer and seller mm -hmm. and you know it's been brought uh, forth obviously to, through to the uh, Ontario government yes saying that you know should this be outlawed what's your take on it. Well, I think I think you can give the, me the party line. That's okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but but what? It's what? a good line. Talk. Yeah, I understand. Um, well, the the, the key the key, key takeaway for consumers is that the government has said, you know what, this is an issue. We want to we want to address it. It was within that plan that you talked about earlier of the wing government, yep. and we are participating in that plan. And in fact, our uh, submission on that is going to be released to the public. We've already filed it with the ministry, and it's going to be released to, released to the public on. Our website uh, sometime this week right. and our position is we are encouraging what we call designated agency we've canvassed across the country the one thing that is that works with the uh, most significant impact without creating massive loopholes is where if you are the individual you're no longer entitled to represent both the seller and the buyer right. in the trade currently you're prohibited from doing that unless the buyer and the seller expressly agree. agree in yep. writing a 
upon all manner of disclosure of course um, that you can do that and so we're just saying turn up the volume on that a bit and you have to choose one or the other and uh, and so you designate that you're representing the seller or the buyer and that's that yeah and and you know in some people's cases in some realtors when they're up with training wheels and I call it training wheels because let's say you know somebody that's new in the industry sure. what they'll do is they'll get their broker manager to come and rep one side for them and they're repping the other and that does happen or they'll, they'll have another agent present the offer sure but technically if 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 the person's acting as for the buyer they've shown the property they've already given them probably information that's may not necessarily be proper to divulge like well you know they really want to keep this so if you're putting an offer in you know maybe hell this is probably the closing you're looking for it so they kind of have the insider information and and i'll tell you as an agent for years and years and years one of the hardest things was to turn around and represent represent both buyer and, and and seller so what i did was i actually had somebody always represent a buyer and i was a seller's agent and so, you were a good boy, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and you'll find, you know, I've always called them listing agents and listing yes. agents, listing agents are listing agents and they deal and then they, they, what they'll do is they'll farm out their buyers. They could be their assistant, but they'll have somebody else represent somebody else show the property. You know, not everybody has that ability of doing that because they don't have the staffing and they don't have exactly. the ability of doing yeah. it. So then they put themselves in this position. And as you know, you've seen record number of people saying, Hey, listen, I feel I'm getting wronged here. And so I, I think in fact, your complaint and I don't know if it's just because you've been on the show and everybody knows now to reach you, <laughs> but your, 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 your complaints, have, have, you've actually seen more and more complaints come through, which is awesome because people are now knowing to reach out to Rico. Well, and that's part of the, the, part of the problem uh, from a balancing perspective for us is every time we push the brand and say, hey, we're out here, <laughs> suddenly the complaints spike. But uh, and we try to, and we're trying all manner of initiatives in order to address these things a lot quicker. We're upstaffing in, in our board of directors directors is being very supportive on how we process complaints and, and ultimately we want to be responsive to both sides we, to complainants and to the registrants who are the respondents we want to sure. get these things if they are if they are frivolous issues we want to resolve them very very quickly yeah. and if they're serious issues we want to make sure that everybody knows as quickly as possible where they stand in that uh, spectrum of discipline yeah excellent listen um Rico's been in the news a lot lately, and I'm sorry, but you know what? We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I have to use a four-letter word with you, okay? Uh -oh. And uh, Mom, stop listening. Yes, yeah, stop. Everybody, close your ears. Um, we are going to talk about Aria and um, you know what's going on there. And uh, so, folks, stay with us. When we come back, I've got more with Kelvin Cousy. He is Deputy Registrar at uh, the Real Estate Council of Ontario. So stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're just tuning in, my guest this hour is Kelvin Cousy. He is Deputy Registrar of the uh, Reg Regulatory Compliance of Real Estate Council. Does this even fit on your business card? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Every a time, mouthful. Yeah, uh, of Rico. Hey, yeah, we'll do it that way. Wow, your business card must be twice as long as everybody else's. <laughs> I got to tell you, pretty impressive. Um, you know, thanks for thanks for coming back on the show uh, you know today I really appreciate it because one of the things I've always struggled with um, in real estate of course are people that follow rules and don't follow rules and listen there's the bending of rules and then there's this the blatant disregard of rules yeah. and you know unfortunately not everybody knows how to deal with them and you know I'm, I'm, I'm gonna talk uh, about a four-letter word in a few minutes it's a Rhea they've been in making head you know a lot of news uh, you know trying to turn around and say they 
they're they're the new champion for the underdogs. But before we get there, I want to talk about advertising okay. because the advertising, you know, I've got to tell you, I've been watching it, and and you know, one of the biggest things is that you know, it's some of the people's uh, claims to fame, and one of the things that I'm not sure if everybody understands is that when your house goes up on the market for sale, people will put the list price in the advertising, and but. Technically, when that property sells, the the agent quickly turns around and says, sold for 120% of the asking price, and they leave the asking price on it. Technically, that's illegal because the property has not completed the transaction and closed, so that's not public record. Am I correct? You you are correct. And also, uh, the key to that from our perspective of enforcement and compliance is you better have the consent of those parties to advertise that. Right, both. And it gets into the weeds a bit with when you can advertise and what you can advertise. But any detail around a trade, you need to have clear and unequivocal consent from the parties to do so. And that's a bugaboo for a lot of uh, realtors out there because they've sort of been raised at the knee of, oh, just get some sort of general term in some Schedule B of some agreement somewhere oh, uh, in your yeah, golden. Yeah, yeah where it says, you know, permitted to advertise, blah, blah, blah. As but, they see fit. Yeah, yeah. But, but hang on. You know, you, here, here's, here's what you're doing. You're turning around and your next door neighbor automatically now knows what you're sold for absolutely okay because they're all reading you know the flyers and everything else um it hasn't even closed yet and and that's always been my bone of contention it's like look advertise after it's closed okay if you want to say if you want to call it a record sale well it is for that particular unit and never sold for that price again so you can say record sale yeah but when you start quoting numbers this is where i think people are just going way off base well it's difficult and uh you know they're allowed to to quote numbers if the parties say all agree yes you can quote numbers but inherently who wants the price they paid to be advertised oh no for sure and it's not difficult to do the math like you know know, people are pretty pretty savvy out there (laughs) hundred thousand dollars over asking i think i figured that one percent (laughs) over asking price okay now i know i don't have to spend the money to do the the search uh i can find out exactly how much nana down the street got for her house yeah you know it's it's funny because right now i probably a lot of my listeners especially the people from the mississauga area and the agents they always they always knew me as this really big average I had my name, you know, on billboards and everything else, and they're probably saying, "Hang on, hang on." But you, you, you didn't do that correctly, and I actually did. And one of the things that I did was I registered my my graphic name as a logo, and so I was able to use that. My registered name was actually within size of brokerage because there's rules and regulations we yes. all have to follow. Um, but you know, this this is this is part and parcel of you know the advertising aspect, and this is this is another thing that Rico tries to uh, enforce because we as licensed realtors we have to meet certain you know standards and and make sure things are done correctly and and when you look at most professions that advertise there are uh, advertising regulations in, sure. in rico and and real estate is no different and the keys the key takeaways are we want you to be able to be identified by the public so people aren't mistaking who it is and in the in the regime that we're in in the sense of the statute they're they're contracting with the brokerage it's brokerage based advertising it's not your individual advertisement and that's often a disconnect with some individual sure. real estate agents because they you know they have a glamour shot and good yep. on them and then they <laughs> and then they 
fall victim to some of their uh, some of their advertising advice where it says you know call yourself um, a condo specialist yeah. well that's not a permitted term that's not something that we've dreamt up that's the sure. legislation yeah, so you know years ago when that legislation was drafted the parties that were in the driver's seat said no 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 you're gonna call it this that or the other you can't call it this or you know whatever and uh, and so oftentimes a lot of the compliance matters are people go yeah but I would like that term well you, I'm sorry you can't use it well you know it's funny you just mentioned glamour shots it just kind of brings a joke to mind it's sort of like you know agent may not appear as seen in picture well one of the, uh, one of the funniest complaints <laughs> we ever had was there was a complaint uh, by a competitor that that Todd's using a shot from his confirmation and he's now 64 yeah, exactly. what's that all about yeah, <laughs> yeah you know I always know I always got the way because I, I I did the standing pose and everybody said I always thought you were taller. <laughs> that was always that the hurts. one. I always got. Oh yeah, you're huge. Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> Speaking of some interesting advertising, um, this week in the Star, this week in all the newspapers, of course, there's lots going on. Aria is starting to kick up a little bit of a storm here, and um, it was actually and 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 I don't want you to to step in anything that you don't want to. But Aria now wants to call themselves the new watchdog on the Realty Block. Positive or negative? Is it good that uh, that they finally want some uh, some ownership or or actually want some accountability out of their their association members? And and just so, just so everybody knows, understands what ARIA is, um, is Ontario Real Estate Association, and and. <laughs> I have my take on associations. I, I, you know, had to be a member of it for forever. Obviously, being a licensed realtor at the time, but one of the things that I find with associations is that you know they have a certain mandate for themselves. Um, where I look at Rico and and you know this is I, I consider it you know uh, you know uh, public protection for both realtors and the consumer. You know the, these are this is this is the law versus this is a whim and 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 I have to be careful on how I say that because I don't want to put you in in, in an uncomfortable position but now you've got a watchdog well, uh, we welcome it. So to answer your, your your the prior question, it's it's a good thing. And uh, in any any industry that there is regulated, different voices are always very helpful to get to where we want to get to, which is in the public interest. We want to ultimately protect the, the the public, the greater public interest. And uh, and the funny thing is is that notwithstanding the newness of it that's being advertised, Aria has always been a valued contributor to Rico. You know, we're the offspring sure. of uh, Aria and the ministry of uh, the government that created us uh, yep. 20 years ago. And uh, we've always consulted with them and we will continue to consult with them. And we always see them as a valued partner in how to balance uh, things of what we do as as the regulator, because it was, I was in, Win in Winnipeg recently at a CREA conference, and I was with uh, three of my colleagues from across Canada, from Alberta and British Columbia, and we were introduced on a panel as, as uh, they're not the bosses of you, but they're the bosses of the people who earn your money. Right. And uh, and it's an accurate uh, it's an accurate thing. We have to have a cooperative approach, and but our mandate ultimately is the advocate of the consumer on behalf of the Ontario government. Yeah, and 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 that's good. I'm I'm glad you gave some clarity there because, you know, one of the things uh, that most of our listeners know, I struggle with the headlines in newspapers and all these articles because half of it, um, you know, they want to instigate things that I don't think are necessarily true. You know, they did call Tim Hudak out and said, hey, listen. 
listen, Mr. Hudak, is this sour grapes now that you've lost the education now? And, and I think that, I think in its purest form, I think that they're moving in the right direction and trying to look for accountability uh, for their agents. And, and I, I, I think yeah. that's a very positive move. So, you know, everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon saying, ah, you're, you're just doing this because you guys lost. No, actually, I think that under some new management and leadership, I think that they've realized that, hey, folks, we're coming into 2018. This real estate market that we just went through is just a complete, you know, I would say, yeah, probably the most uncontrolled market we've ever seen in the history of real estate because of the run up, the way it was handled. And now you've got the internet, you've got so many things that have changed. Back when in 19, uh, 1989, when we had, you know, 88, 89, the run up and then the crash, Yes. you know, um, faxes were just coming in at the time. Okay, What's we were this yeah, we, machine yeah, of black we were magic. Still, we were still using stone chisels, right? <laughs> Words so, appearing on a yeah. Page. So, so we, we, the the information exchange wasn't at the, at the speed of lightning, and so yeah. people couldn't get themselves into trouble nearly as fast. Because guess what you had to do? You had to drive over there. You had to sit in the driveway with your agent. Your agent would walk in with six copies. Yes. And if you had multiple offers, it took a long time to get that well, through. Well, those really reliable cell phones that were the size of a brick. Well, that's the thing that you know the briefcase was both to hold the cell phone and everything else. So, so you know, I think I think in all fairness to all parties with all the stuff that's going, you know, you've been quoted a lot in the newspaper, of course, because you know you're, you you want to toughen some rules. You are taking a look at it, and and I think maybe you know for for a comment for you to make from Rico, um, you know, I think you guys want to evolve as well. Well, absolutely. And, and we're always looking to do things better, more effectively, and with a better outcome for the public interest. And if it's uh, with the, with the uh, joining of people saying, yeah, you know what, we need stiffer fines to really shake up the industry, uh, we welcome that. And, and if, if there's encouragement, all we want is endorsement uh, with regards to what we're doing. And if there's detractors, we'll listen. We're, we're big boys and girls. We have very broad shoulders at RICO, so we can, we can certainly weather the criticism, and some of it maybe is appropriate. Uh, some of it maybe not. You know, who knows? But with regards to it, I think ultimately this re Reba review will be a benefit to everyone, including the industry uh, people who are supportive of ongoing uh, use of uh, every type of technology. And, and we have to face also the fact that real estate agents have always, as I think I said last time, uh, have always been on the cutting edge of technology. And, and technology is a significant advancement in real estate. And we all have to be aware of it because there's a lot of problems for people who think, I don't need a real estate agent. I can do this on my own. And then they're, and they're going, oh, I didn't recognize that this sure. was this complicated. I didn't recognize that. And then suddenly the, the, the roof falls in and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Calvin, always a pleasure to have you on the show and definitely will ask for you to come back in the future because, you know, I, it, it's kind of funny. You and I have gone through the whole show basically and, you know, there's still so much more to talk <laughs> about. Um, uh, best way for people to, to reach Rico? Again, our website, uh, very, very user-friendly, uh, at least I think so, uh, rico.on.ca. 
And there's all manner of information for buyers, sellers, the industry, everybody in, in between. And we encourage you to go there first and then and, and contact us through that. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. And, My pleasure. And, uh, and we'll definitely have you back. Well, I'd just like to thank Mr. Kelvin Cousy for joining me. Uh, always great to have Rico come in. And uh, remember, folks, make sure you read your contracts. And don't forget, if you want to know more about The Simple Investor, go to thesimpleinvestor.com today. Listen, it's been a fabulous year. Um, I'm not going to sit here and waste your time on air, but I will definitely in the near future kind of give you an overview of what's going on. We've got some exciting projects coming up. And if you want to know more, like I said, go to thesimpleinvestor.com today. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. And remember, we're back Saturday at 3 p.m. next week. And I'd like to thank Ian Grant and for everybody tuning in. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.